to a new episode of the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy of course if this isn't your first time listening um thank you for continuing on this journey with me as i discuss all the ins and outs of professional wrestling and if this is your first time listening welcome and i hope you enjoy the vibe and enjoy the vibes that i have of course my name is stephanie host and creator of the hardy wrestling podcast um host and writer for women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet and color commentator for the Belladonna Division, also featured on Battle Club Pro and Black Girl Magic 2 um, from last year. And on this show, of course, we got to get into the nitty gritty of everything going on in professional wrestling this weekend. This week has been a doozy, considering this is just the first week of 2023. The one thing that wrestling doesn't tend to do is slow down even when it's closer to the holidays or even when the holidays are just wrapping up and everybody's just trying to get their bearings back and get back to life and back to reality and all of that. It's like wrestling never tends to slow down, whether it be in business wise or even superstar wise. Moves are being made. Deals are being made. People are trying to force themselves back into a company. Um evolutions are happening just everything just has everything that could happen this week has happened and of course if you are watching on live thank you for watching on all of the live platforms and share um like share and subscribe to the hardy wrestling podcast and continue to support the show and comment you know if you hear anything that resonates with you as i go through it of course now of course without further ado i have to start with the news and gossipish of the week and that's of course talking about all the current events that's going on and like i said there's a lot happening so we're gonna start with mr mcmizan <laughs> mr mcmahon who you would think would back off after him having to retire of course last summer um amid all those sexual misconduct allegations that were going on and how it and how everyone found out that there were millions of dollars that he had to pay um for a lot of these women because he um basically abused them and used his power to abuse them in a way so with all of that going on of course he had to step down as the chairman and the ceo and um triple h of course along with his wife stephanie mcmahon Lave- Lave- 
Quest decided um, to rise up. Triple H has been in charge of creative um, and Stephanie is co-CEO along with Nick Khan. But something that was happening, of course, over the past couple of weeks was the fact that Vince McMahon was rumored to want to have interest in sort of coming back to WWE to try to run it in some sort of way. Um, but the board of directors weren't having it, but that turned up this week because with him being um, the majority owner and former chief executive, um, this was reported by wall street journal. He planned to return to the company um because he wants to facilitate a sale of WWE and because he has majority voting power through his ownership of class of WWE's class B stock. He has told the company that he is electing himself and two former co-presidents and directors, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios to the board. And the move would have to require that three current directors on the board would have to be voted out and or vacate their positions. And that's exactly what happened. They vacated their positions. And now those two people who support Vince McMahon being in charge of the board of directors, um, um, and also supported him even throughout the allegations are now on the board. So he has basically, you know, put his proverbial, I guess you could say, hoo-ha on the table and said, you know, I'm in charge of the business half. You're not going to take this part from me. And I'm going to try to facilitate a sale, of course. Now, the part that makes me a little bit, um, well, before I get to that part, um, it is rumored, or at least they reported that WWE shares actually rose more than 10% in extending trading on Thursday after the news of Vince McMahon um, ruling sort of taking off. And all of this just reminded me a lot of the TV show Succession on HBO. Now, this show, of course, has had three seasons, and it's like, you know, if you know about the show, then you know all of the ins and outs of Logan Roy and how he doesn't want to let go of his company, Waystar Royco, because he feels like he knows what's best for the company as opposed to giving the reins over to either one of his children in order to stay in charge. And that's exactly what Vince McMahon seems to be doing. He really is grasping to stay in charge, you know, at any cost, even if he's not in charge creatively, he still wants to let y'all know that I run this business wise but the part that literally makes me a little bit sad um it's just the idea that with all of this talk about the business side of it um and of course the family side of it it's just the fact that people are overlooking the idea that this man um may have victimized women um with his power along with this with sexual misconduct stuff and i know in the age of me too there have been lots and lots of um cases where men in charge of these bigger companies have been um exposed for their dirty behavior towards women and them victimizing women but you can't ignore that like that is something that you can't ignore in this day and age it's 2023 like women are standing up in their power and in their humanity and you can't just bully them or treat them like they're just objects in this in this day and age and get away with it so it seems like that part is getting really lost in um the business side of it all and also the panic of it all because a lot of people were really thinking like he was just gonna come back and try to bum rush triple h out of creative and just be all like no i'm in charge now i'm back and that he was going to fire refire everyone i know refire isn't a word but refire everyone who's basically um been rehired under Triple H's regime. And 
that's not what's going on. A lot of people did come out on Twitter, like Sean Rossap and Fightful and so many other people have reported that that's not going to be the case. He's not going to come in on the creative side and try to, you know, run everything in that way, the way he used to. He's only here for the business side. And that basically business will basically just run the way it has been since events has been had been ousted um from creative and other places so yeah this was just a really crazy thing to um see and wake up to over the past couple of days but of course you know i'm gonna try my best to keep you guys posted on what's going on but honestly i would prefer it was a little bit refreshing for me to know that there was a new guard you know sort of even though of course this guard has been in the company for a number of years in terms of stephanie and triple h it still felt good that there was um a level of new air and new oxygen being breathed into wwe without vince mcmahon so the idea of him sort of bun rushing himself back into the picture when he didn't necessarily have to it's just kind of unnecessary for me like i wish you were just you know sit down and just not worry about it and just trust that um, your daughter and trust that your son-in-law and also nick Khan is running the company the best that you know, the best that they possibly can. But he wants to do that and he wants to be extra. So here we are in the today of things. And a lot of people are speculating who could be of interest in buying WWE, like people like Disney or maybe NBC Universal, considering they already do business with them via Peacock and so many other areas like that. So no one really knows exactly who's going to um be the buyer for WWE, but people have also on social media been booking matches between Disney characters and some of their favorite wrestlers like Charlotte Flair versus um Queen Elsa from Frozen or Bianca Belair versus Raven Baxter from the That's So Raven universe. Like it's pretty insane what people are doing, but either way, people are trying to make light of it as best as they can, but it still makes me sad that at the end of the day, this old man who abused his power for years is now trying to, you know, strong arm his way back to the company by any means necessary. And it's really sad. And I wish he would just chill. So that's where we are in things. And of course, I'm going to keep you updated um, just in case something does go on. But moving on in news and gossipish, we have more news on Miss Mercedes Monet, the CEO, who of course made her debut um, this past Wednesday at New Japan Pro Wrestling and for Stardom um, when she beat up Kyrie saying the well not Kyrie saying she's known as Kyrie now, um, who is now the IWGP women's world champion and of course she attacked her and challenged her for a championship match at Battle in the Valley um, in San Jose in February. So there's been so many reports and everything that have come out about Miss Ma'am ever since she made her debut, how good she looks, how amazing she looks now that she's come back into wrestling, how refreshed people are, that this is her knowing her worth and how everyone is just happy to see her. While also on the same vein, you have people, you know, roasting her and talking about how they feel like, oh, well, she didn't do that good of a job in her promo or this was a botched move and all this other stuff. But mind you, um, some of these people who are talking about, you know, her move being botched or whatever, it's just like, bro, could you do it? Could you do it? I don't think so. So, um, either way, 
that happened and she has us talking about her. She's the conversation like she says she is. And a lot of reports that have come out afterward, after all of this has happened, is the fact that a lot of the viewership and the subscribership for New Japan streaming service went up because of her and also Kenny Omega and his match that he had. Um, and then you also have a lot of people saying that a lot of the Google searches in terms of wrestling has been really high in terms of Mercedes Monet. So basically, everyone is just really excited about Mercedes and her return to wrestling. And she's even become a top seller of merchandise on ProWrestlingTees.com. Her stuff is really cute. Like, if you have not seen any of her merchandise, I suggested you go look at it because it is so cute. It's beautiful. It has her name. It has her image all over it. Like, please check it out if you already have it. It's literally gorgeous. Um, this woman is going to take over the world um, with that being said. And of course, I can't really go fully into it the way that, of course, I did earlier this week on my Mercedes Monet episode that I did earlier. But She's definitely proving that she is the conversation. She is the moment. She is the standard. She is the blueprint. She is the goat. Like, this is everything that she said that she was going to be. And it's abundantly clear that this is happening. And everyone is supporting her from FTR to, of course, her best friend, Bailey, to, of course, um, Trinity um, slash Naomi. Everyone is supporting her. So it's just absolutely wonderful. And I feel like anyone who's hating on her, just why? Just why? Like, find something else to do. Just find something else to do. Because either way, excuse me, you're proving that she is, you know, on your mind. And that's literally it. And then there are also rumors of her possibly being the supposedly mystery partner. Um, Well, even though um, she's not the mystery partner at this point or hasn't been announced as the mystery partner. Um, when it comes to that AEW tag team match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the AEW World Women's Champion, Jamie Hayter, um, Soraya is supposed to be fighting them, of course, this coming Wednesday on the, on the next episode of Dynamite, but she chose her partner as Tony Storm. And this was kind of taking away like the mystery component of it because a lot of people were having fun online speculating whether or not it was going to be Mercedes. But it has been reported that Mercedes is back in the United States at this point, or she could very well be, you know, still overseas. No one truly knows. No one has fully confirmed anything and neither has she. So nothing has been confirmed or denied. Um, but something interesting that did happen that I will get into later on in the show is just the fact that when Tony, when um Tony was chosen by Soraya to be her partner on this past episode of Dynamite, uh <clears throat> Sheeta, Hikaru Sheeta did not like that idea that she was chosen as a partner and not Sheeta. So um, who knows? Maybe Sheeta might attack Tony. Maybe something might happen and then it probably is Mercedes or maybe it'll just be someone else. Who truly knows? But either way, women's wrestling is turning up and that is the most important thing between this and everything going on in WWE and everything with Impact, which I'll get into a little bit later. And while women of wrestling in so many other areas, women's wrestling is having a moment. I believe that this year will be the year of women's wrestling. 2023 is the year of women's wrestling. And I cannot wait to see where we're going because this is just the first week. Like, it's just the first week. And now we're going into the second week. So it's it's pretty amazing, amazing stuff. So 
Moving on, we have other rumors about Naomi. Of course, she went along with Sasha slash Mercedes Monet um, with the um, walkout that they staged in May of last year. Because, of course, they were both unsatisfied with how they were being booked and they felt like they weren't being respected. So, of course, they both left. And with the conversation being a whole lot on Mercedes Monet at this point, um, a lot of people sort of feel that Naomi is getting lost in the shuffle in terms of that conversation as well. And she is someone who you could say opened up a lot of doors for black women in WWE, along with Alicia Foxes and stuff for the people like Mercedes Monet and also um, Bianca Belair to succeed in WWE as they are now. And Naomi and people tend to forget that Naomi was was also, you know, a person who walked out and was also frustrated, too. So a lot of rumors have been rumbling at the idea of her possibly returning to WWE. Do you think like is there a possibility that Naomi really could return to WWE and return in time for the Royal Rumble? Like, I feel like that would be really cool in the sense that. When you think about Naomi and how she left, it's like, you know, you want her back and you miss her because you miss all of the black girl magic that they had going on. Um, but also you have to think about the fact that as a singles competitor, she really did shine with not only with her feel the glow gimmick, but a lot of people really forget she is a two time SmackDown women's champion. And now, of course, a one time women's tag team champion. And if she did make her return, I would want her to return either in time before the Royal Rumble or return and make a surprise return at the Royal Rumble. Because a lot of people tend to forget, like one of her biggest moments was when she came back at the Royal Rumble in 2020 um, with that beautiful natural fro. And she came back with those beautiful bright colors and she made a statement and said, you know, I'm here. And she came back. So if she came back to the Royal Rumble and actually wound up winning the entire thing and going forth to challenge maybe someone like Charlotte or maybe even Bianca Belair, that would be insane for WrestleMania. It would be insane. Like, I would love that, but preferably I would love if Naomi challenged Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's title because Naomi's last televised match was when she faced off against Charlotte, and that was one of the best TV matches SmackDown has had in, in recent memory in terms of the women's division. So if she came back and challenged Charlotte in that way, then that would be so cool. But like I say, nothing has truly been established yet. She has not confirmed or denied anything. So no one knows. These are all just rumors. But I do miss Naomi on my screen. I miss her beautiful melanated glow stuff. I miss it all. I miss her sass. And she owes Sonya Deville another butt whoop just saying because i was booking her and um mercedes and a whole lot of other women to jump on her backstage now that she's been fired but that fell apart of course with them walking out um but if she doesn't come back to wwe i understand that as well because you just have to know your worth out here you really do have to know your worth and you can't just let anybody just talk to you like you're crazy or treat you like what you want can't be you know a reality so if that's the case, then I really do hope um, that she just does whatever it's best for her. Maybe she'll be up in bloodline. Who knows? I don't know. You just never know. But also in the news, we have the announcement that Money in the Bank this year, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, is going to be in London. 
London town. Shout out to London. Shout out to my UK listeners. Yo, y'all are getting a pay-per-view and it's going to be money in the bank. I think that is the coolest thing ever. But this announcement was made, of course, earlier this week. They said that um, money in the bank will be held overseas in London at the O2 Arena on July the 1st. And money in the bank will mark the first major live event for WWE's main roster to take place in London since the insurrection pay-per-view way back in 2002. It may also prove to be the biggest WWE show in London since SummerSlam of 1992. Now, they did mention um, in this article that NXT TakeOver London did take place in England um, in 2015. But of course, in terms of main roster premium live events in London or the UK, WWE has stayed away for close to 20 years now. Um So this is amazing for them. And of course, they also said that the door may have been open due to the performance that that WWE had um, at Clash of the Castle in Cardiff, Wales last year in September. And there was an attendance of 62,296 people in the Principality Stadium for the event. And that the atmosphere was very entertaining and refreshing. Now, this is really cool to me simply because of the fact that um clash of the castle was really fun and they had such an amazing time there and that crowd was so lit and so passionate and there's just a a little bit of extra oomph that they had that sometimes us as um americans in the united states don't have a tendency to really appreciate fully even though there are a lot of wrestling fans who do love in the United States who love wrestling, who are very passionate and love to yell and, you know, do chants and stuff like that. There's just something about the UK energy. That's just a little bit different. Um, They are just raucous and crazy. So for them to, you know, stage money in the bank in the UK again um, in London, it's just really cool and really major. And I'm more than sure that a lot of the, um, People, a lot of the UK people, um, UK superstars will love going to the UK for that as well. So congratulations to the UK. They've been through a whole lot lately, of course, with the passing of the Queen and then with the changing of the guard to King Charles and so many other issues that they had going on, you know, with that. So it's good to know that they have this good thing happening with them um, in terms of money in the bank being in the UK. Like, that's really cool. Congrats to y'all. Y'all going to do it up in the summer. Y'all going to cheer. Y'all going to do all the things. It's going to be cool. They deserve it. So, yeah, money in the bank in the UK. So, moving forward with um, more premium live event um, news, the Royal Rumble. They released, WWE released their Royal Rumble poster, as you can see on this screen. And... Of course, you see all the superstars we've come to know and love. You see Bobby Lashley. You see Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch. You see Roman Reigns. You see Rhea Ripley, Cody Rhodes. You know, all the people that we know and love on there, right? But the thing that sent everyone a buzz with this poster is the fact that it's surrounded by lightning and electricity, which is funny because... There have been a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation that The Rock might have something to do with this year's WrestleMania, with it being in Hollywood, and him wanting to possibly challenge Roman Reigns. So with all the electricity surrounding all the current, you know, superstars on this poster, it leaves a lot to wonder, like, is this really going to happen? Is this Royal Rumble going to be electrifying? Are they all looking up at, at The Rock? 
What are they looking up at? Why does Ricochet look like he's going to be a superhero and burst through a wall? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, y'all? But either way, the Royal Rumble takes place in a couple of weeks, and it's turning out to be pretty exciting so far because, of course, you have the 30 women Royal Rumble. You got the 30 men Royal Rumble. And, of course, with those matches, whoever wins and eliminates everyone from over the top rope gets a main event spot at WrestleMania and gets the challenge for any championship of their choosing. And then, of course, you have the match with Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the United States, not the United States, Lord, the undisputed universal championship. And you just have so many other um, matches in store for the Royal Rumble. So it's going to be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And maybe The Rock will show up. Maybe he won't. You just never know. But a lot of people online have been saying they feel like if The Rock comes back and wins the Royal Rumble, they'll be pissed off <laughs> because they feel like it should go to someone like maybe Cody Rose, who is set to make his return pretty soon. Or it should go to someone who, you know, has been consistently present um, on the roster. So you just never know. But either way, the ride is going to be hilarious. It's going to be funny. So moving forward with more news and gossipish. Nick Aldis, who is a who was of course signed to NWA but is now a free agent, was had an interview on a podcast where he was talking about lessons that he's learned along the way in his wrestling journey. And he said that one of the best lessons that he's ever learned was from his wife, who is, of course, if you may or may not have known, the iconic Mickey James. Now, um, he basically stated that the reason that basically he learned something really important from Mickey James, and that's to always be dressed like a star no matter where you go in wrestling. Always be dressed up. And he and she and he basically learned that from her. So now, of course, if you watch NWA or anything that he's done in the independence, every time Nick Aldis shows up somewhere, he's wearing a suit. He is decked out looking like a million bucks. Like I'll never forget going to Empower and or and going to NWA 73 two years ago and him and his faction. Um, I forgot the faction's name. It was him and it was Camille and it was like two other people. They sat at the table right next to us and they looked like they were rich. <laughs> and they even smelled like they were rich too. Like, like it was just really crazy. Like, oh my God, like who are these people? But as it turns out, it was Nick Aldis. Now, like I, like I said, he is a free agent. He has not, you know, officially signed with anybody, but he said what he said on the Universal Wrestling Podcast um, that he learned how to always, you know, be nice and look nice and do it no matter where you go, whether you're going to the grocery store or the airport and just wear nice clothes. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. And also in speaking about Mickey James, I got to tell you, Mickey James had me in my feelings this week. She had me all the way in my feelings this week. So if you are a constant listener of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you know that I was actually able to interview Mickey James during Empower Weekend because she produced that event. And she was so nice. And then she also came to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast fan table at Alabama Comic Con last year. Um, and she was there along with Trish Stratus and Lita and that whole story. So, um. On Impact, on this past episode of Impact Wrestling, they did an entire um, segment on Mickey James's career from 
her childhood and wanting to be a wrestler to, of course, wrestling and independence and going to impact wrestling first before she ever came to WWE and cutting her teeth in wrestling. Um, and then, of course, her rivalry with Trish Stratus and so many other rivalries that she had and then returning to impact going back to WWE and then going back to impact again. Now, of course, if you may follow impact, you'll know that this weekend that's coming up is hard to kill. That's um, one of impact wrestling's pay-per-views and she is set to face off against the impact knockout champion, Jordan grace in a career versus title match. So of course, if Jordan loses the match, she has to of course give up the title to Mickey James. But if Mickey James loses, she has to retire. And she's been calling this run that she's been on the last rodeo. And it is just, it, like I suggest you go on impact social media pages and watch it because it makes you really emotional when you look at all the reasons as to why she became a wrestler. And then you also see all of the, you know, what her motivations were. And even, you know, the times where she got knocked down, where she got back up and even seeing her music career take off and how she met Nick Aldis and how they got married and had their baby and all that stuff. Like it's very emotional and it's very beautiful. So it's a beautiful tribute so I do suggest you go back and watch it but it made me in my feelings because I was just like you can't leave me Mickey you can't go you cannot go like you cannot leave me ma'am no we just no like you just can't leave me but I do understand that if they have if she and Nick Aldis have new opportunities in store, then they have a right to, you know, do what they need to do or do what they want to do with their lives. You know, they've she's given everything to wrestling and women's wrestling at this point. So if she does decide to chill out and just take a pill, take a chill pill, then that is perfectly fine. I know my emotions will be on the struggle bus if she does lose this match and she does retire, but I'll be all right. I'll recover and I'll talk about it in therapy and everything will be fine. <laughs> But either way, Miss Mickey James is just, I love her so much and I have so much respect for her and I just want her, nothing but the best for her, but I don't want her to go selfishly, but it's okay. So that's pretty much all that happened in wrestling this week. That's all for news and gossipish. So I'm... So yeah, this is what Steph liked in wrestling this week. So something that I really loved was the fact that the bloodline is just running roughshod over all the shows. Um, on Raw, it was so funny that Raw, okay, so you know how when you're watching Monday Night Raw, and the show comes on and they do that whole little intro, you know, with showing all the stars that are going to be on the show with the theme song and all of that. It didn't even finish before the camera cut to the arena with the bloodline tearing everything up the commentary desk the timekeepers area everything they was tearing everything up so it's just kind of like bro like the show can't even fully come on without you you know making everything about y'all and so they were but their motivation behind tearing everything up was crazy they were angry at the idea that roman reigns and Sami Zayn, of course lost their tag team match on smackdown two weeks ago against kevin owens and john cena like they were pissed about it so that's why they're running roughshod over both the shows they did this on raw and smackdown this week and i was just like so y'all just saying y'all just run everything 
And of course, you know, Adam Pierce wasn't going to have it. He said, look, since y'all want to come through and do this, we are going, I'm going to put you in matches. And that's what he did. And of course, they wound up winning said matches via cheating and or not. But either way, that was something that I enjoyed from uh, Monday Night Raw. Just the bloodline running roughshod over everybody. But of course, later on, I'm going to get to talk about the struggle bus that they're supposed to be on. But I'll get to that later. Now, something else that I like slash didn't like on Raw was, of course, um, Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title. Um, this match was really good, and I also loved how everybody pointed out that in, and I can't have the video now, of course, I'm sorry, but you've seen, more than likely seen the video that people put of the both of them in the ring reenacting the Scary Movie 3 sequence where Regina Hall, the OG legend of um, Black movies, was fighting that creepy creature who came out of the television. They recreated that in the ring and i thought that was amazing okay that was really cool and really comedic like i thought that was cute but the thing that i didn't like was the fact that alexa bliss decided to attack bianca and just slam her i was just like how dare you slam her and basically you know and she almost broke her well, she didn't break her chin, but she scratched her chin up and everything, and it, and and her chin was swollen. And I was like, "Girl, what are you trying to do?" Like she was trying to kill her because she was possessed by the spirit of Bray, by the dark spirit of Bray Wyatt, I guess. And she basically said backstage, like, "You know, I know now what I'm supposed to do. I'm in control, and I'm doing this and all that." And this made me upset because I'm just like, "Raw is coming to Birmingham tomorrow, as it stands." And I want to see Bianca. I want to see Bianca because I haven't seen Bianca live since she was in NXT. So she's risen and all this other stuff. And now she's a champion and all that. And I know Alexa is set, is scheduled to be at Raw tomorrow night. But I want to see Bianca. I want Bianca to get back at her and destroy her for trying to, you know, destroy her in front of everybody in her home state of Tennessee. That was not right. I was like, Alexa, how dare you? You're terrible and you're trying to mess up my happiness. I want to see Bianca. I want to yell the EST. I want to hear her theme song live. And you're trying to injure old girl. Uh Uh-uh. We ain't finna do that. We ain't finna do that. So, yeah, I was real upset by that. But hopefully Bianca will make it to Raw tomorrow. And of course, you know, if you're going to Raw tomorrow in Birmingham, shout out to y'all because we're going to have a ball. I'm excited. Something, yeah, and then it's just, she was also possessed by um, the Bray Wyatt mask. It was just a whole little scary thing. But yeah, Alexa, get yourself together. But yeah, something else that I liked on Raw was just the fact that um, this country singer named Hardy, who... I don't want to skate by that. This country singer, his name is Hardy. (laughs) Like the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Hey. Um, But that's really his last name. If you look it up, Um, he did theme song for the Royal Rumble. And of course, he was there in Tennessee because, of course, you know, Nashville is Music City um, and definitely, you know, a hub for country music. He was there at the event and he got involved in the street fight that Solo Sokoa was having against Elias. And he hit Solo in the back with the guitar. And as you can imagine, Solo didn't like that. 
he was looking like he was going to beat up on Hardy. But here's the thing. When it comes to us Hardys, we have courage. And when it comes to us, you know, take it up for people, we're going to take up for you, you know, and speak out about it. Or in some cases, lash out in violence. Um, <laughs> I try not to lash out in violence unless it's absolutely necessary. And lately it hasn't been. So I won't do that. But Hardy, the country singer, did that, and Solo looked like he wanted to take his head off, but he decided to take his frustrations out on um, Elias instead, and Solo's Solo Sokoa wound up winning the match. So this street fight was pretty okay for the most part, but I thought this was really interesting how Hardy decided to, you know, get involved with it, you know, out of nowhere, but either way, it was still funny. Another thing I liked in wrestling is just the fact of Montez Ford and his performance regardless like he just he deserves all of his flowers for his performance athletically in that match that he had on raw as well as his performance acting wise because when bianca after bianca was attacked by alexa bliss he came out and helped her out of course because you know that's what married couples do and during the tag team match he looked like he was really out of it like maybe he was really sad or angry or possessed or something so i'm just like bro like what's wrong what's wrong with you why are you upset but then as soon as he got tagged in he was about the business and i just love montez for you know consistently improving himself as well as um Angelo Dawkins too and I can't wait for the day we can watch Montez you know fully be himself as a singles competitor you know if you know whenever that happens like that's going to be amazing but yeah as an actor he was doing a pretty good job as well selling the fact that he was either really concerned about his wife or being possessed by the spirit of Bray Wyatt trying to help Alexa that's another theory I have but you know we're just going to keep it moving Another thing I liked on Raw was the fact that me and him came to the defense of Becky Lynch um, when Becky said that she was going to fight all of damage control except Bailey. She was like, I'm going to fight y'all all. But then when the numbers game was getting a little bit too much, Meech and Mia Yim came out and, of course, you know, even up the odds. Now, mind you, they didn't win because of damage control's nefarious tactics, but I just love the idea that she came out there and helped her. And it's always good to see Mia Yim be in action, you know, outside of the realms of the OC, because she's really a fantastic wrestler. She did good in war games. She's a great ally for the OC. I just can't wait to see more of what she has to offer as a singles competitor. And I hope I get to see her on Raw, too. Like, that's lit. I love her. I love Mia. So, and this match was really good. And Becky actually hit one of Bailey's moves. And she was just like, yeah, I did your move. And I did it better than you. And I was like, oh, Becky is nothing if not spicy. I love the man. But yeah, um, yeah, and this is Bianca Belair and the scratch that she endured from having her chin um, dang near destroyed by Alexa. And yeah, get well soon. I really hope that she is healthy. But at the same time, I still selfishly want to see her on Raw. Yeah. Another thing I liked in wrestling in terms of AEW's Dynamite was Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. This match was so good, and I feel like every time I watch... Hold on. I got to readjust myself. I feel like every time I watch Ricky Starks wrestle, I'm just so impressed by it. He was doing all kinds of amazing tricks. Like, outside of him being an amazing wrestler, he is an amazing showman as well, and I want AEW to give 
Ricky Starks, his things. Give him his things because he is so good. I was one of those people who really wanted him to possibly be MJF for the world title because number one, AEW needs a black male world champion. They really do. And number two, because Ricky is so good. He's just really, really good. He's an amazing talker. He can cut an amazing promo. Just the idea that last week he told Chris Jericho that he looked like a dad on his fifth divorce. <laughs> like, he's just so funny. Like, I can only imagine what would happen if you combined Ricky Starks with the acclaimed and their roasting skills. Oh, my God. It would just be a hot mess. Now, of course... I don't know if they've gotten together in the past and done something, you know, before. So forgive me if I don't know about that. But that would be something that would be amazing. Okay. That would be sick. Um, and Chris Jericho, of course, is out here proving why, you know, he's still in the business and whatnot. But Ricky Starks gave him a run for his money, and I'm really glad that he won that match. So that was really good. Um, I was gonna talk, well, okay. Speaking about the acclaimed, I loved every every bit of their rap from I loved every bit of their rap from Wednesday when they were cracking on Jay Lethal and um <laughs> when they were cracking on Jay Lethal and um Jeff Jarrett and all the references they were making towards impact and how Jeff Jarrett's wife or ex-wife is starting some drama on social media this week involving Kurt Angle and stuff. They made mention of that. Like, they were cracking on them so heavy. Like, it was just too much for me. And the acclaim just just continued to just make me laugh a lot. Like, I know a lot of people feel, like, in and out about them, um, depending on certain things. But when it comes to them raps, they're really lethal with them. Like, Max Caster is really lethal with his raps. Um, it's just amazing. So I hope they continue with that because they just continue to just make me laugh. Um, yeah, they were just dunking on them. And I just need that to happen a whole lot more. Um, something else that I liked from AEW was the fact that Soraya, of course, chose Tony Storm to be her partner in the tag team match um, on Dynamite this coming Wednesday. And as you can see, Hikaru Shida is sitting next to Renee Paquette and she looks real lost. Like, girl, how dare you overlook me um, for Tony Storm? How dare you talk all this big stuff about Tony Storm, you know, being an amazing wrestler and stuff when I'm sitting right here? She felt really disrespected. <laughs> and I feel like this is intriguing going into Wednesday because we don't know how she's going to feel about that if she's going to attack Tony or if she's going to attack Soraya or what. But either way, she looked pissed off. <laughs> she looked real pissed off. And I'm really interested in that. So if she does attack Tony Storm, of course, there are still the rumblings, like I mentioned in News and Gossipish, about the idea of Mercedes Monet possibly showing up and being her partner and feeding into the story of her and Soraya working together. Because a lot of people... Um, notoriously blamed Mercedes Monet and her kicking um, Soraya in the back of her neck for the reason why um, Soraya couldn't wrestle for a number of years, even though, you know, it truly, 
even though they both had no ill will towards each other and no and they both of course talked about it and stuff like that it would be good to see them partner with each other but i'm just you just never know so of course you have to wait and see what's going to happen but either way um this segment right here was hilarious it was really hilarious Sheeta looked like she was not having it now of course moving into the smackdown side of things we go back to the bloodline and this story with sammy and roman it turned up in a major way now of course if you watch this episode of smackdown from this past friday you know that roman reigns was feeling a way about losing the tag team match to Kevin Owens and um John Cena but he made his business to he made his business to tell everyone like I wasn't the one who got pinned it was Sammy who got pinned and he got pinned because he was the one who called his shot and said that we were gonna win and all this other stuff but then Roman was like okay so you think you're the one who can call shots now you think you're in charge of the bloodline do you think you can be me? Do you want to be me? Do you want to be me? And then he yelled at him like, do you want to be me? And all this other crazy stuff. It sounded way more manlier than I just made it sound. Um, <laughs> but either way, he confronted Sami Zayn and he was just like, bro, like, why are you like, do you want to be me? And when it looked like it got really tense, Paul Heyman was looking like he got scared. The Usos kind of backed away. Solo Sokoa was just standing there acting like nothing was going on like he always do. Um, but as Sammy and Roman were having a stare off, Kevin Owens came out and interrupted it and basically, you know, challenged, um, Roman Reigns, um, for the unit, for the universal title at the Royal Rumble. And then it was announced later on that him and Sammy Zayn are going to fight one-on-one on SmackDown. So I'm really interested to see how this turns out. I'm a little jealous of the people who get to who get this SmackDown show because they get to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn fight in person, and these two can fight forever. That's literally where the where I heard the Fight Forever chant for the very first time, um, as a wrestling fan because they because these two can fight multiple times and it will never be boring. So I'm really excited for those who get to witness that you know firsthand live, um, but. Of course, I'm going to watch it on TV, but I'm going to still be kind of upset because I'm not seeing it live. But it's okay because regardless, the match is going to be good. And I'm just really intrigued. Like, there's more about the Bloodline story that I'm going to discuss a little bit later. But I loved Charlotte's promo. And also her, of course, beating Sonya Deville with the figure eight. After Sonya came out there talking all that big stuff saying, you know, how, you know, can you defend your title against a fresh fighter? Because of course you fought and won um, the title from Ronda Rousey when she had just finished a match with Raquel um, and she wasn't as fresh, but Charlotte humbled her real quick and was like, look girl, I'll beat you too. And she did, but I really love Charlotte Flair's promo where she was talking about how she um, believes in being the best and how much she missed everyone because this was the long, they said on commentary that this was the longest that Charlotte had been away um, from the WWE for so long with this break. Of course, in the midst of this break, she was working out. She was getting stuff together for her mental health, healing her arm. She got married to Andrade El Idolo, And 
she was just living her best life, but she was away from us. And you can tell that she really missed everybody. And of course, today there was this video going viral of her hugging children in Memphis, um, like hugging her, just running and hugging them. All these black kids running up to her and she was hugging them. And I'm just like, you're so sweet. And what's so funny is I was telling Dreon Santana, um, shout out to her, on the SmackDown and Rampage after show that we do our women's wrestling talk every Friday night. Um, I was telling her that I feel like this iteration of Charlotte Flair is like a combination of the confident Charlotte Flair that we know her to be and a mixture of her and a mixture of Ashley the person. And I feel like Charlotte the person, when you meet her at meet and greets, like I said, when I met her in 2017, she made me and my mom feel comfortable and feel very special. Like she was coming to meet us and not like we were coming to meet her. And she was just so beautiful and humble and sweet. So I'm glad that a lot of people are seeing that, even though for a second, it seemed like she forgot that she was a face because she snatched the SmackDown Women's title away from Jessica Carr, the referee, after the match was over. <laughs> and then she had to apologize and say thank you because <laughs> she forgot because she's been healed for so long but i do like this sweet version of charlotte like i love it because everybody's been cheering for her she even made mention of you know last week when people were chanting thank you charlotte and even saying thank you charlotte in memphis she was just like oh my god i don't think i've ever gotten a thank you charlotte chant before and she sounded like she got really emotional about it so Shout out to our 14-time women's champion and all the love that she's been getting. I don't know exactly how long it'll last, but I guess that depends on what happens at the Royal Rumble and who she's going to face. But either way, I am really happy that we're getting to see more of Charlotte Flair as a person. Um, Charlotte Flair and Ashley mixed together into this one fully realized and fully confident person. And I loved in her promo how she was talking about not remaining complacent because I definitely identify with that because you can't just remain complacent, you know, in this life. Yeah, you can be comfortable and you can be grateful for where you are, but you have to want something in life. You need, I feel like you have to want something in life in order for your life to not stay the same, you know, as it is. You have to evolve, otherwise you'll die. So I'm glad that she said it. That was cool. And then, of course, I love Samantha Irvin. I don't have a picture of her, but I love her. So I just wanted to say that. Um, another part of SmackDown that I really love was the Kofi Kingston Santos Escobar match. Now, of course, this came to be because they showed them backstage before SmackDown having a little bit of a tit for tat, you know, with each other because Santos made reference to the idea that Kofi, of course, has declared himself for the Royal Rumble. And everybody who knows Kofi knows that he is the guy who has the great moments at the Royal Rumble, you know, and finds all these creative ways to stay in the match. Um, and it sticks with people, right? So Santos actually walked up to this man and said, look, I'm going to, you know, eliminate you and then I'll be the one who wins the Royal Rumble. And Kofi didn't take too kindly to that. So this is how this match took place. This match was fantastic. I liked it. Um, you got to see a lot of what Kofi has to offer as a singles competitor. Um, and you got to see more of what Santos has to offer as a competitor. But here lately, it's been feeling like um, Legado del Fantasma, his faction, has just been on the struggle bus lately. They haven't been winning a lot of matches lately. And, of course, we hadn't seen a whole lot of Zelina Vega either. And I'm just like, bro, can we see more of Zelina Vega? Can she fight in matches more? Like, I just always need more queen from queens in my life. And I just feel like since that's been going on, um, 
Oh, got a comment. Thank you, SS Experience. Thank you so much. I just feel like since Legado del Fantasma has been um, on the main roster, they've been okay for the most part, but they haven't really like grasped fully into who they could be. And I need more from them. I need more from them. It's like it's already powerful enough that they are this faction of Hispanic heritage. I love that. I love that form of representation. But I just feel like they need to, you know, bite into something more substantial to make them seem like they're a big deal. Maybe they need to beef with the bloodline. I don't know. Maybe they need to start mess with Hit Row again. Maybe they need to align with Hit Row at this point. I don't know. But either way, I just want more for Legado del Fantasma and more for Santos because he is so talented. Because that match he had with Ricochet for the World Cup, who, oh, powerful powerful stuff powerful stuff loved it i just want more for him and him winning even though it was through nefarious means and him cheating on the new day was wrong it's just you know i just need more from them that's all um yeah and of course zelena's outfit i always love she just always looks like a million bucks oh my god like if there wasn't such a size difference between me and and zelena i would need to borrow her clothes but there's such a big size difference between us, body-wise and height-wise. <laughs> so I just can't. But I just want her to, I just need her to let everybody know where she gets her clothes from. Because she be dressing for no reason. Like, she be out-dressing the men. And it's just like, girl, come through. And I still haven't forgotten about that um, her Karana that she did. Um, from the top rope when it came to her and the teams versus, you know, her versus Hit Row and um, the Viking Raiders. I just need her to wrestle more and I need her to be in the Rumble too. So, yes. This is another part I liked about SmackDown. During the main event when the Usos were facing off against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, Sami Zayn started off eating popcorn and he offered some popcorn to Roman um at first and roman was acting like no i'm too good for popcorn or whatever but then they flash forward and the match kept going and the match kept going and kept going but then again when they flash back to them backstage they were all eating popcorn <laughs> and i thought that was just so precious like oh my god y'all are so funny y'all are eating this popcorn and first you was acting like you didn't want to but now here you are eating popcorn can't nobody resist butter popcorn i don't care how buff you are or how much you work out popcorn is a goaded snack you can't resist popcorn i don't care who you are you just can't and i just thought this was just a really cute segment and also the fact that roman apologized to sammy for yelling at him I thought that was different. And a lot of people made notice of the fact that Roman never apologized to Jay Uso for how he treated him all those times in their feud against each other. But he apologized to Sammy. And I think that's interesting. That's very interesting how that happened. So we still have to wait and see. But this storyline is still really layered and it's really good. And it just never stops satisfying me. It's just really good. I just love it. So... Moving on to more things I liked in wrestling. I loved the performance that Charlotte and Robin Renegade had versus Jamie Hayter and um, Dr. Britt Baker. They did such a good job. And of course, if you don't know them, it's like they are very popular in the indies. They're twin sisters, but they've been wrestling on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation for a number of weeks or a number of months. And they made their debut on, they made their um, 2023 debut 
on Rampage and they did such a good job against Britt and Jamie. Like they were really impressive. There was this one spot where I believe it was either Charlotte or Robin actually ran, um, ran and actually ran up Jamie Hayter's chest. And then they tried to go. And then she also hit a drop kick on her. That was just really impressive. And then Jamie also impressed me too, because she used her strength to hit a double suplex onto the both of them. Like that tag team match was really good. And it had a lot of time to bake. And I thought it was cool. So please be on the lookout for the renegade twins. They're amazing. And they sort of, they, they, mm, it's just so beautiful because they remind their if they use twin magic, it's just it it gives me Bella twins. And I just can't wait to see what the future has in store for these girls. So yeah, that match was really good. Like I said, it was on Rampage. It was really good. Um, I also was really impressed with the match with Darby Allen versus Mike Bennett on Rampage as well. This was a TNT championship open challenge. Um Darby Allen hit a code red, I believe, onto Mike Bennett from the top rope. And then he also hit him with a coffin drop in order to win. And then he also hit him with a drop kick while Mike Bennett was sitting in a steel chair. That was really impressive. And I loved it. And I believe another thing that I loved in wrestling this week was the fact that Scarlett made her in-ring debut with Karrion Cross in a mixed tag match with... um. Emma and Mad Cat Moss. I just don't necessarily have the pictures of it right now, but it was still really good. And lastly, I just have to give a shout out to Wow Women of Wrestling, Wow Superheroes. I have to give a shout out to them because this show is really good. And depending on where you are, it might come on at a different time. But I know here in Birmingham, um, Alabama, it comes on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on my network TV. That's my 68. Um, This show is really good. The action is really cool. And I hate that this show only only is only on for like one hour. But the hour that they do have, the hour of power, um, that David McClain calls it, it is really good. And their talent is amazing. Like a lot of standouts to me are, of course, Penelope Pink, even though I talk smack about her on Twitter and we don't like each other. Um, she's an amazing wrestler. And she's, of course, aligned with the fabulous Lana Starr and the Fab Four with Miami Sweet Heat, who are now currently the WOW Tag Team Champions. Like they're really good. And then they're also aligned with Vicky Lynn McCoy too, who just joined them. Like they're really cool. The beast, of course, who is the wow world champion. She is a fantastic wrestler. Um, she deserves way more credit in terms of her power and stuff. Like she's amazing. Leia Makoa, she's Samoan American and she's amazing too. Like they just have all kinds of amazing talent on this show and shout out to uh, Amber Rodriguez who just retired um, from in-ring competition in wrestling. Um, She performs as Commander Sahara Spars. And she does a fantastic job on the show too. Like she just got a victory in a six-woman tag team match. Um, And her partners were Americana, um, who is a mother, who's had her son on two episodes of WOW, and Jesse Jones. And they defeated um, the disciplinarian Ice Cold and... um, Samantha Smart and that was a really good um six woman tag team match but please check it out if you already haven't checked it out please support them their ratings were really high um towards the end of the year and actually um outweighed impact um impact in their 
ratings. And I thought that was really good, you know, for an all women show. I was really happy for them with that. And us at Women's Wrestling Talk, we've been bigging them up, talking about them, you know, doing our after show every Monday as well. Like we've been bigging them up as much as we possibly can. They deserve a lot of attention. So if you love women's wrestling, please check out Women of Wrestling. I know the characters and stuff might be different. It might be a little bit, you know, cartoony a little bit to you. And it's different from a lot of other wrestling shows. But in terms of in-ring action, and excitement in that way, you will never be disappointed. And I just wanted to say that on my platform. I know I've said that on other platforms, but I just wanted to say that here on my show because it's important that they get all the love that they deserve. So, of course, I am really grateful for a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten um, in wrestling. Um, I'm really grateful for all the interviews that I got in 2022 and the ones that I hope to continue to get in 2023 and just so many different opportunities and so many different things um, that are opening up for me that are in the works. And of course, I will make those known, you know, as they um, manifest, but I'm just so grateful for this show and all of the things that I've been able to do and all the things I've been able to expound on with this show and all the opportunities it's given me. I'm really grateful and I'm really blessed. Um, there's so much I wish I could talk about, but kind of can't at this point, um, depending basically there's just been so much that has already blown my mind already. And I'm just so grateful for it. But something that I can finally say is the fact that the Hardy Wrestling Podcast is the sole sponsor of the Jobber Tears Podcast versus What Culture Match between Sir Wilkins, Mr. All Is Well, Mr. Haitian God himself, going up against What Culture Wrestling, Simon Miller, who is a host and also a wrestler himself. This match has been two years in the making, and it's taking place at Battle Club Pro's event called Welcome to New York City. It's happening on Saturday, January 21st. It's coming up in about, like, in another week or so. It's coming up. Um, and it's going to be on 185 Ellery Street in Brooklyn, New York. And I am so honored and blessed to be a sole sponsor of this match. Me and Battle Club Pro have, you know, built up a nice little relationship between me and um, Joakim Morales. Shout out to him for actually letting me commentate on one of his events and also, you know, work with him um, in terms of Black Girl Magic and stuff. Like, it's just been really great. And I'm so happy he actually got to be interviewed on my show last year as well. So, um, I'm just really honored to be a sponsor of this match on this, you know, event. And just, I've just been looking forward to this match for a long time <laughs> because Wilkins is someone who I, you know, look up to a lot when it comes to wrestling podcasting and also being a member of the black wrestling media. I look, I look up to him so much with him and his work with his brother, Mr. Black and Janelle from the HR, who was also um, a co-owner of battle club pro. Like I definitely look up to them and love them so much. They've shown me so much love and appreciation on their show. And every time I've come up to New York last year, they've shown me so much love 
And this is just another big way that I get to do this. Like, this is my first sponsored match. Like, I didn't think I would ever be able to do this, but I am. And I feel so grateful for it. Now, the jury is still out on whether or not I'm going to be able to go up there to see said match and be represented for it. But either way, if I'm able to go up there, it's great because I want to see Wilkins fight in his first match. And he keeps saying it's also his last match, too. But for some reason, I don't know. I don't mm, I don't know. That's something we're going to have to discuss because I just don't know. Because if he's really good, then we're going to have to sit down and be like, bro, are you sure? But either way, um, I'm just so happy that this is happening. I'm happy this match is happening. I'm happy... Because I'm a fan of Simon Miller and he's just been one of my favorite personalities on What Culture for a while now. And ever since I found out he was a wrestler, I thought that was really cool. So I'm just I'm just so happy to be supporting this show. Why? Here's why. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really pumped. And of course, if you haven't already, please go on for your wear and buy. One of my Select Your Alabama Wrestling Fighter t-shirts available in black and red. You, if you want to represent the state of Alabama and all of its wrestling greatness that people want to like second guess us for, please buy this t-shirt. This t-shirt was designed by me and my boyfriend, Najakwa McCoy. Shout out to you. I love you, baby. Um, he, we put this shirt together and we put the design together and then we sent it and worked together with For Your Wear and they blessed us with this design and it is amazing. Now, of course, on this t-shirt in the map of Alabama, you have greats like Teddy Long, who is, of course, the longstanding general manager of SmackDown. And then you also have Sensational Sherry, who was a wrestler in her own right, but more so known as a manager to, to the greats like Randy Savage and um, Shawn Michaels. A lot of people don't know she was born in Birmingham, just like me. She was born in Birmingham, and so was Teddy Long. And then you also have Kayla Braxton, who is currently um, working with WWE as a backstage correspondent and an interviewer and an, and um, a host, of course, of The Bump. She's from Alabama as well. And then you also have people like Paul Bearer, who was a long-time manager of The Undertaker and Kane. And the Ministry of Darkness and all of that. He was from Mobile, Alabama. And then you also have Deborah, who was a manager during the Attitude Era. She's from Tuscaloosa. And you have Fuego Del Sol, who's also from Mobile. He's more so known for his AEW work. And then you have AQA. She's from Alabama as well. So if you want to wear a fascinating wrestling t-shirt that bigs up Alabama wrestling. If you're from Alabama, buy this shirt at foryourwear.com slash hardy dash wrestling dash podcast. And you can buy the t-shirt in either black or red. You could also get it as a hoodie in black or red too. Buy the shirt, buy the hoodie, buy it all. Buy it all. Please, please, please buy it. Now, that's pretty much all of the announcements I have in terms of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And also, if you haven't already listened to my episode, my special episode that I released this week, um, talking about Mercedes Monet and her debut with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom, please look that up. The audio is available as well as the video on my YouTube channel. And like I always say, please check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast everywhere you get your shows. Listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, 
the hardy wrestling podcast you'll see the logo that you see on the screen subscribe to that channel please subscribe all of my content is there um and also of course follow the hardy wrestling podcast on facebook um follow it on instagram at hardy wrestling podcast and also on twitter at hardy wrestle pod like just support the show and also continue to follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy on the handle that you see at the bottom of the screen at Queen Steph Hardy on Instagram and Twitter. So with that in mind, this has been another great episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, the Alabama Music Award nominated Hardy Wrestling Podcast, the sponsor of Sir Wilkins versus Simon Miller at Battle Club Pro. Welcome to New York. And with that in mind, I actually remembered I need to give credit to people. I need to give credit to my editor, um, Faith Thompson, and also credit to um, Katrina Blake for all the visuals that you guys see with the cards, with the segments. And also, I want to give a huge shout out to Josiah Williams, who um, created the theme song for the show, Steph Seam. Thank you so much, Mr. Russell and Flo, for that. And also, shout out to Simon Vision Media for the video that you see at the beginning, the intro real that you see at the beginning now with that in mind this has been the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy all the nominations all the awards all the big blessings and all the big earrings coming for 2023 and until next time bye y'all